a fact right. of life. Racism is everywhere. I don't think it should stop you from seeing what somewhere has to offer. We've only just Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to Let Me Color Abroad. I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And in this episode, you'll be listening to Sue, who is living abroad in Hungary. Sue is originally from Brooklyn, New York. Whoop, whoop. And she describes how she ended up in Hungary, in particular in Budapest, uh, after traveling around different countries in Europe, and how she met her Hungarian husband, which is a very interesting and funny story. She talks about the good, the bad, and the ugly about living in Budapest as a black woman abroad. In particular, she describes finding the joy within the misery, which is a very interesting discussion we had, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And finally, why her and her husband have now decided that it is now time to end their journey in Hungary and move elsewhere. Hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for asking, Sue. So let's get started right away, Sue. Tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my God, this question is like one of the worst to answer because I feel like you always forget like basics about yourself. But um, let's start with like age. I'm tw- I just turned 28. Oh. Um, I've been living abroad Happy in birthday. total for like, thanks. Well, it was like a while ago, actually. Oh. But um, I've been living in abroad for like five years in total. The first time I moved abroad, I was 18 and I went to Germany. And then now I've just been living abroad for like four years. Yeah, I'm originally from Jamaica, but raised in New York. And yeah, that's I think those are like the basics of... <laughs> Where in New York? My personality. Um, from Flatbush. Okay, Brooklyn represent. I'm also from Brooklyn as well, <laughs> but not from Flatbush. I'm Great. more of the East New York, oh. Cypress Hills area. But oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's see. Yeah. Talk about a small world. We, we see each other on Reddit. We see our posts <laughs> on Reddit, and we're both from Brooklyn. Yeah. That's what's up. That's the beauty <laughs> yeah. of 2022. So we're gonna, I'm gonna preface this by saying to those that are listening that how I quote unquote met to was on a platform yeah. called Reddit. So for those that don't know, Reddit is basically this social media platform where you could subscribe to different uh, topics. Right, different subs, exactly. Yeah, exactly like to different dis- subs. Exactly, uh-huh. to discuss different topics. And she was one on a sub called Expats. And I and I followed that sub, and I noticed her post about living abroad as a black woman in Hungary. And also, she was from New York, which called my eye immediately. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I got to talk to somebody from New York that's living <laughs> abroad, too. So... Here we are, yeah. and you gracefully accepted to be on the podcast. So I really appreciate you, Sue, choosing to be on. So let's start off from the beginning, Sue. What made you? You said you moved when you were 18, right? Yeah. What made you want to go abroad to begin with? Um, I don't know. I always just wanted to go abroad. Like, when I was younger, I watched a lot of Globe Trekker. Um, just, it was always on TV, you know, ch- um, Channel 13. So <laughs> I don't know. I always had, like, an to go abroad and I don't know I doing I wasn't doing so well in high school I think I was just like not um I just wasn't very invested in high school and I didn't want to go to college so I decided to au pair um like one of my I, I also was like always talking to people online um and one of my Australian like online friends she was an au pair in France and I was like, oh, what's that? And then I Googled it, and it's actually really easy to get a visa. So I decided to just sign up on this website, and, like, a bunch of German families contacted me. I didn't want to go to Germany, but um, I don't know. Like, German families were contacting me, so I just decided <laughs> to do it. Um, Wait, and you yeah, said, sorry, yeah, you said it's an au pair? What, what is that? Can you yeah, explain that? Yeah, an au pair. What is that? It's, like, it's a, um, like, I think it's originally like a French thing. The original like term is like fiopair. 
so my French is really bad, but it's like a girl au pair. So it's like the idea is that you go into a foreign family's house, you help them take care of their kids, but it's primarily for like language exchange or cultural exchange. Okay. Like some people now use it as like a form of slavery. <laughs> like, <laughs> that sounds really bad, but like a lot of people just use it for like cheap childcare, but like your original purpose is for um like cultural exchange so when i was actually there i only took care of the kids like from like for like three or four hours after they um came back from school i went to german class i had a social life outside of it so yeah it it was actually really difficult because like i didn't like my host family and the kids were kind of spoiled um, but I, the experience itself of being abroad, I really liked. It, it also made me grow a lot, you know. Like, I had to be in this foreign country by myself at 18. So I really enjoyed the experience um, just wow. being there. That's awesome. And yeah. what did your, obviously, your, your parents, like my parents, immigrated from uh, the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, my parents from the yeah. Dominican Republic. So what did your immigrant parents oh, okay. think about you going abroad at 18? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, she knew that my mom, she knew she couldn't, like, tell me no, just because I literally just made up my mind and thought to do, and I told her I would go, um, and um, everyone was scared, like, when I was like, oh, I'm going to Germany, they are like, oh my god, aren't there Nazis and stuff? Um, but I, it's not something that, like, concerned me at all. I was just, I was scared, but I really just wanted, like, a new experience. So, yeah, people, you know, my mom, people, my friends and everything were like, oh, you're going to Germany? But, yeah, I mean, it didn't really affect me so much, like, people mm-hmm. being scared for me. Right. So you, so you did that at 18, and then you you stayed abroad, you said, for how many years consecutively? Um, then I only stayed for seven months. Okay. Um, and then I returned to New York. Did mm. like a five year break um, to go to school. Okay. I was like working and then going to school. And what did you study? I studied sociology. Oh. Yeah. Cool, cool, <laughs> I don't know, cool. Super random. Yeah, super <laughs> random. But I ended up studying sociology. And yeah, it took me five years because I spent a year working in New York. And, like, I didn't plan on going to university, but I think working in New York has made me realize I don't want to struggle that much. <laughs> so I went, I decided to go to school. Honestly, yeah. that's a very good reason, because I also realized that I wasn't going to be good at manual labor. So I said, I need an education. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. something to study and learn and like to do. Um, so, wait, did you study yeah. Did you study in New York as well? I, I first I started at community college, okay. um, which I'm like I, I just had no idea what I was doing, but that's the route I decided to take, and then I transferred to Buffalo for like my last two and a half years. Okay. So yeah, yeah, it, I I spent some of it in New York. Gotcha, gotcha. And when into now take me to 2018. What happened? What transpired in your life that made you go abroad again? <laughs> Yeah, so same thing, like, I, when I was in Buffalo, it, it like, really changed my outlook on the state. I mean, no, not really, actually. Um, it just being in Buffalo just made me realize that I don't want to be in the States because it's, like, I don't know, it, I hated it. It was, like, very small town, you know, even right. though Buffalo is a city, technically, it's just very right. small People were super racist. I was so depressed living there for this reason. You needed a car to go everywhere. Mm. And yeah, it just made me realize that I missed my time in Europe. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to see because I was weighing my options. I could either start working immediately or I can go abroad again. And I don't know. I can go abroad older and wiser and not so stupid. <laughs> um, and so my plan initially was, you know what, maybe I can au pair for a year and then um, go to school wherever I go. Because that's also, I wanted to get my master's degree, but I also didn't want to go into debt. Mm. And I know that a, f- a few people I know actually did this as well. They went to, they got their master's degree in Europe. But my idea was, it's a lot easier to do it when you're there rather than doing it from abroad. So I decided to au pair again and I left my countries and on the, there's a specific website you can go to. that's really good for being an au pair. 
And the countries I chose, you know, because if I choose these countries, then families from the country can contact me. So the countries that I chose were um, Belgium, Germany. Oh, no, I couldn't. Sorry, I couldn't go in Germany again, but I wanted to. But Belgium. Oh, this time you wanted to, even though you hated You didn't want to go there the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Germany. I, 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 I. I would have went again. I would have gone again, but right. um, um, Belgium has like a, they pay au pairs higher. I mean, you mm. still don't get paid that much money, but the pay was higher. And that's actually where it ended up going. I can't remember where else I chose. Maybe Austria. Yeah, I chose Austria, okay. um, Belgium, and like a couple other countries. But the family that ended up contacting me were from Brussels. And we had an interview and they hired me. It, it was a, a decision I, I, I decided to... I didn't decide to go. I just decided to entertain it, and I ended up getting hired like a week later. You know, so so take me to I just took it this and interview process because you said you said it's like childcare and like the so what do they ask you like you not know take care of kids like what do they ask you? Yeah, they ask a bunch of stuff. Like I think they're more concerned with just like your aptitude and common sense. At least the smart ones. <laughs> like my host family just asked me like about my studies they asked me um like just a few personal questions but the thing is i think they wanted to know like how intelligent i was because they were asking me a lot of questions that i don't know it wasn't necessarily geared towards childcare, and i was like deep in sociological um study you know i was a senior i, I knew how to use big words at the time <laughs> and i think they were really in impressed by that like just the way that i could speak english because they their primary concern was that their kids become fluent in english like with my time there so mm. yeah they hired me after our first interview and like they hired me like three days later so yeah that is so interesting yeah oh pair stuff yeah. man I, I never knew about yeah. this life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's actually like truly one of the easiest ways to to move okay. like abroad. obviously like I, I i known about you know the cult they like said the culture exchanges thing at a host family's house but i don't know what it was called or like what it entails oh, right yeah. like the responsibility so now now i know and, yeah. and now our listeners know so thank yeah. you thank you sue so now <laughs> so now you're 20 2018 you go to belgium and now let's go to present mm. day because obviously let's, let's go to the post um that you made that i saw on reddit right you're yeah. you're in budapest hungary what what took you yeah. to hungary um, Hungary happened because, I mean, it's really random when I, um, after or during COVID, I, um, uh, I wanted to return to New York during COVID because I just, I don't know, I was really tired of Europe actually after two years. <laughs> um, you were tired of the States, now you're I, tired of Europe now. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was really tired of it. Um, so I was like, oh, it would be nice to go back to, to New York City as an adult, you know, right. like a fully, <laughs> um, I don't know, just fully grown adult who, you know, can set boundaries and stuff. And But like all my friends in New York, like, don't come here. It's really bad. Um, like you're, you're way better in Europe. Like, so I was like, OK, so I decided to I was in school at the time. But I decided to spend the summer traveling, which is really strange now that I decided to travel during COVID. But I didn't want to be in Brussels, so I was like, let me just travel the entire summer. I went to Budapest. I just one of my friends told me um, to go to Budapest because I was living, I was looking for somewhere cheap to stay. He's like, yeah, go to Budapest. It's really pretty. Blah blah. So I went in August 2020. After traveling, you know, to Amsterdam, to Berlin, and then I settled in Budapest, and I met my um, current husband here. Like wow. it, it was a complete accident. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a complete accident. Like I did not intend, you know, anything, um, <laughs> because it's such a strange country. You know, I would. I, I don't know. It was just. I was just traveling, and um, yes. Yeah, so I ended up meeting him and. We broke up because I moved to Palestine after I. Oh wow! I um yeah after I moved 
after I was there for like six weeks, I ended up getting a job in Palestine. So I went there for seven months. We broke up that time. I came back to Europe after, and then he proposed to me. So um, then we got a visa to come here. Um, it took like a month from filing in New York. And yeah, I've been living here now for a year, almost a year. Literally, okay. I moved all October 1st, 2021. So it's almost a year now. This is how I ended up in Hungary. Like, we're now married. Um, is he Hungarian? So yeah. I'm sorry? Is he Hungarian? Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've been here otherwise. Um, okay, yeah, because it's hell. It's actual hell here. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, we're going to get into that. Into, into that uh, yeah. So, okay, so you've been in Hungary for almost a year, right? October will make a year. Yeah. And so what, So let's talk about how you met your husband. You said it was an accident. So what exactly happened that you got to meet this dude <laughs> and you're like, okay, like, you know, this is going well. And then you guys break up and then it's like, all right, now let's get engaged and now let's get married. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Like when I came to Hungary, my intention was like to, I wanted somewhere cheap to like figure out my life because I literally dropped out of school. I was going to school in Brussels, in Belgium. And I don't know. I was just like, I need to like really be one place so I can focus on doing this thing, like applying for jobs, seeing what where the world takes me next. And yeah, that's what I was doing here. But at the same time, I was getting a little bit like bored um, from like focusing focusing on like looking for work the entire time and I decided to go on tinder um literally I like I just went on tinder to look you know and I was swiping left on everybody because the tinder here is so bad it's like the worst thing ever but like the one person I swiped on like two people and my my current partner was like one of them I just swiped on him and like forgot about it and he messaged me like a few days later and like we had banter and stuff and he invited me out for dinner and yeah I don't know it's <laughs> it's strange it was a strange time because yeah I think yeah I was like falling in love it's it's really like such a cliche I mean right. I don't know if it's a cliche or it's just like a a common um, experience in life that everyone sort of experiences usually at least one time. So that was like my one time experiencing it right. in the six week period. And um, yeah, at first I was like, well, we were both scared because what, like, first of all, I'm supposed to move. Like on our second date, he was like, "Well, I really like you, but I don't want to like you because you're gonna leave." And I was like, <laughs> "I was thinking, I I was thinking about it, but I was like, at the time, I was like, yeah, but I'm, I mean, we can just enjoy the time." But I think after, it was just like, yeah, everyone else is trash. Like I need this person <laughs> in my life on a long term basis. Um, well, but nice. yes, we we broke up because long distance is hard, and I was going to like. Middle East, you know, so oh, I, I broke up with him. I broke up with him, actually. And yeah, he just got his feelings hurt. And he didn't talk to me for a while. I'm but sure then he after, did after you broke up better. with him. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds normal. Huh? <laughs> it sounds normal for I'm his sorry? feelings to be hurt. It sounds normal for his feelings to be hurt after you broke up with him. So I don't blame the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's normal for other people. For me, not so much. <laughs> Yeah. Got you, got you. So, okay, so you said yeah. you moved out because you were doing long distance, so that didn't work out. And then, like you said, now, yeah. now you're back and he proposed. Okay, so mm -hmm. take me through that. Where, where, where did he propose? What was going through your mind? Was this in the middle of the city in Budapest? Mm -hmm. Like, paint no. the picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, um, we decided to go on a trip before I left to um, Naples in Italy. And... Yeah, we, um, I didn't know anything about proposal, a proposal. Yeah, usually they're a surprise, <laughs> but, um, we went to Pompeii. Um, this tour guide scammed us. I was like cursing about it, you know, and then he like pulled, uh, got down to look for something in his bag while I was cursing, you know, about the tour guide. And, like, I looked over at him, you know, and he, like, had this ring out. And I was like, oh, my God. And I told him to, like, put it away. <laughs> I was like, put that away. Yeah, but he was like, no, marry me. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> That's what you said. So it wasn't, nobody said, she said yes. She goes, she said okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a strange thing because you see it in like movies and right. stuff all the time. You know, but in the moment, it's like very surreal. It's such a surreal <laughs> thing. I'm glad he did it in private because now I know why so many people advocate for like private, what is it called, proposals. Right. Because that is such a moment filled with so much, oh my God, like so many different types of feelings. You know, that right. the delivery might not be as cute <laughs> as you think it will be. So. Oh, um, man. But wait, yeah, so this is after you I, got scammed. So. I mean, if yeah. he, he, I, I'm sure he didn't plan it that way, where you guys get scammed after yeah, a tour. Exactly. He's like, God damn it, I got exactly. no other choice. I got no plan B. Here we go. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's literally what happened. Because the tour guide told us $25, and at the end he was like, one. Oh, no, I said 125 Wow. Yeah, wow. so I was like so pissed that he actually gave him the money. Um, I was like, it's all about principle, you know, so they're like cursing, and then, yeah. He's like, <laughs> well, he was, while we're on the topic of principles, and <laughs> yeah. let me propose. <laughs> oh, man, that's quite a story, Sue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit okay okay now let's go <laughs> now this this episode is about hungry so now let's get to the meat of that so you're hungry you're living in hungry you described it as hell right initially but before we get into why yeah. it's hell for you let's talk about what were your initial thoughts of hungry when you first got there and your first couple of months yeah right because i had experience here before and i thought okay. the experience is wasn't bad at all because first of all Hungarian is really foreign to me I can speak German I can understand a lot of languages I can understand Dutch mm. I can speak a little French I can understand a lot of French um, I can understand like some Scandinavian languages like if I'm reading it I can understand it I you know so right. but it's not it nothing was familiar for me because it's not a it's not rooted in any of these other languages. It's mm. such a strange um, language. It's one of the hardest in the world. A lot of people don't even know that it's like amongst like the top five most difficult languages in the world. Mm, wow. And um, so I didn't actually know what anyone was saying, which I think for me was good. The only thing that I really felt. <laughs> Um, like strange about when I was there for the first six weeks were how like men would prey on me, you know, mm. like I know they would say things. I wouldn't know what they were saying. I would be followed a lot and stuff like that. But it wasn't like anything new, of course, like growing up in New York. So that was literally my only problem. I mean, I also saw like people with Nazi tattoos my first six weeks here, you know, but I was like, you know, just that's normal, I guess. Just So nothing really happened the first six weeks I was there. So I actually really liked Budapest. And I, I think it's a beautiful city. I think it's one of the most beautiful in Europe. So I was fine to move here, but my partner was like, don't, don't, um, don't get your hopes up. You know, he was like trying to humble me about it. Like, it's probably not going to be good. Mm. Um, and I was just like, you're overreacting. Like, I literally lived here for six weeks before. It's fine. So, yeah, I, I had no, no bad really experiences my first time here. And then the second time around, what, what, what happened that, you know, kind of. Uh, what's the word, catapulted you to make the post you made on expats talking about you feeling unhappy in Hungary. So yeah. take, take us a little bit through that. I think, like, it's just a combination of, like, lots of things, you know. It's mm. not necessarily, like, just one thing. It's right. just a combo of one thing. So the first thing, I think, the first major thing is just that it's fucking racist. That is fucking racist here. <laughs> it's is racist like um yeah and for me like of course being in europe um i'm not surprised that racist people exist i mean just the world you know just traveling in general some places have definitely been better to be a black woman for sure um but here like people are just nasty like you have like a minor interaction with someone and they're like so nasty for no reason hmm. alright that's fine a lot of people say that it's just Hungarians in general like even the white white people have problems with it on the expat groups and stuff like that but sometimes I do believe there's a certain sort of there's a difference like a slight difference in how they treat um, a black woman especially 
Um, like I think I'm like my experience um, intersects to like being um, foreign and also being black. So they're mm. xenophobic and racist. They hate foreigners here, and they just also hate black people here. Like it's bad. It's it's really bad. Um, like almost every day I have someone saying something nasty to me. Like just I go on the street to mind my business. And people are saying things, you know, like even like when I have these interactions with people in social settings, like people sort of, I don't know, they project like negativity onto me, you know, and I'm like, I'm a really big fan of like minding my business. Um, So it's like people always put me sort of into negative situations just from like standing there or just being present. So that really got um, to me from being here. I came here in October. I, like, thought I had, like, a little bit of friends here, but, like, I also think that people, um, like, a lot of people don't realize that, like, fetishizing comes in, like, different forms. I really believe that, like, people are too interested in me, Mm. you know, like, other expats. So, there's, like, Russian people, there's... Um, there's a lot of Russian people here. There's a lot of other, um, expats from different countries and stuff like that. I think the only sort of demographics that don't like that aren't so interested in me are other Anglophones. So people from the UK, Americans and stuff like that. But like you, people hear that you're from New York and oh my God, that's so cool. And like, I don't know. I, there's something about like people just particularly paying attention to me that I don't like. So it's like just be normal, you know. Like I mean, I must say, New like, York is the coolest. I mean, I must. <laughs> it is, it is, but it's so different. Like right, for example, right. when I was in Brussels, you know, people thought it was cool as well that I was Jamaican and from New York. <laughs> but here, it's like a specific ah, type of okay. I don't know because first of all, a lot of people here have never met a black person. Okay. Right. So that's another thing, right. and so they become like hyper fixated on getting to know you. I don't know, maybe seeing if certain stereotypes are true or stuff like that. And it it gets so old so quick, just answering these questions all the time. So that's also why I don't really like to to socialize here because it's usually this type of interaction happening. Wow. So you feel like you're kind of like the token black friend when you're interacting with people. Exactly. Exactly. Very tokenized. Um, and I feel like the interactions are just not very um, genuine, mm. you know. I mean, to a, to a certain degree, I don't believe that people are like this on purpose. But I think maybe something switches and, yeah, I don't know. I definitely feel that sometimes because me, I just like a normal interaction. Like, I just like getting to know someone genuinely. But I don't know. It's so strange to... To describe, but right. um, yeah, this just made me really apathetic towards socializing here. I have a, a really good friend from Morocco here. Um, I have like friends all over Europe. They come to visit me as well. So you know, I'll have these moments of joy interspersed with the um, the the sadness, right. I guess, of of being here. All right, so that's some that's some questions. That's a that's a lot, obviously, to deal with, and I can't even imagine what that must feel like. Because mm-hmm. I live in Costa Rica yeah. and I'm Latino, and most people are Latino, so when they see mm. me, they don't really mm. think anything of me, right? Because like, oh, you, you, but right. once they once they hear me speak Spanish, they know that I'm not from mm. here. Then they get like, oh, but where are you from? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm from New York. My parents are Dominican. So it's like, oh, okay, that's kind mm. of interesting, you know. But like you said, you're being yeah. in a sea of. I was going to ask you this. Are Hungarians, like, mostly, like, white passing? Like, what? how you describe? Yeah. Okay, okay. Of course. I mean, there's, like, there's like the Roma people who are, they're typically, like, darker. And also, they're, I mean, they're faced with a lot of racism here as well. Like, people, it's just, like, a, a very accepted form of racism to, like, hate them. You call them gypsies and stuff like that. Mm. And that also makes me really uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah. But most Hungarians are just white, like, okay. white people. <laughs> got it, got it. So you're you're this sea yeah. of whiteness, and you're yeah. you have this experience, like you said, where intersex, where you're a black woman, but also a foreigner, mm-hmm. and then you're also from New York, mm-hmm. and then you also yeah. have immigrant of uh, Im- immigrant family history. Like me and Francis from Jamaica, so there's all these things of yeah. like being an expat, being you know migrating to another place with this completely layered identity that a lot of us have, right? When mm-hmm. we being yeah. children of immigrants, right, first second generation, but yet we we're in spaces where 
like you're feeling, you might not feel wanted there or like you belong there. Mm-hmm. So what uh-huh, what, what yeah. is this? So you feeling this way and you have a Hungarian husband. What is what is mm-hmm. that dynamic like? Because no, I'm sure you have these conversations with him. So what does yeah, he say about these course. things, right? So like, what what is that like? Right. Right. So, like, I, I mean, I'd like to think that my partner is like, I don't want to say woke, but he is well-read. <laughs> you know, he <laughs> he um, knows of these dynamics. I mean, he himself, like, warned me before I, I moved there, you know, that it would be racist and stuff. And, like, um, it's interesting. I would tell him about all these problems and stuff. And, yeah, he would believe me. Um, he would comment, you know, he he would be so embarrassed for his country and his fellow people and stuff. And like the, but the one time that he actually got to experience it firsthand, we went out together. It was recently because we were going to get a watermelon (laughs) and, um, uh, we were walking and this old guy who was like hunched over from scoliosis, I think he was homeless. He walks past me and he says like, the n-word with the hard r and as soon as my partner heard it he was like so like he turned around he walked so fast over to him was gonna start yelling and i literally had to like stop him i was like it's not worth it like look at this man he's literally like hunched over he can't even look straight i mean he he saw me enough to see my dark skin it was like you know Mm -hmm. say that word and um yeah he was so pissed like his hand was shaking when we went into the store and yeah, we saw him later on, actually, because we just literally went in the store and came back. And my, my fiancé, like, ran, I mean, he was my fiancé at the time. He ran up to him and, like, cursed him out in Hungarian. So I don't know what he said, but it sounded nasty. And, um, yeah, he, like, spat at him. He didn't spit on him, but right. he spat at him. Damn, and, yeah, damn. I guess, like, that was his first interaction. He was just, like, really shocked by it. Um, and yeah, of course, we don't have plans to stay here forever. That's the the main thing is we're going to actually leave. It was nice to be here because it's cheap to live. You know, New York is super expensive and things like that. We can travel when we get annoyed of it. But yeah, he's he's very aware and, and we don't plan on staying here at all. So that's like the end. This is the, the end goal. Right. This is very interesting because obviously, like this is episode 86 for me and I probably interview people and maybe... 40 different countries by now um, in terms of like the podcast. Mm-hmm. So this is probably the first episode I want to say that because obviously when you when you interview people that are living abroad, right, they give you a lot of good things about living abroad and why they made the decision. Yeah. But like you're, you're, like you're showing yeah. us right now, not everything's all roses, right? It gets, it's a lot of mm-hmm. shitty stuff too and especially when you're a person of color in particular yeah. in these spaces where you might not feel welcome or wanted and even though like you, you might say, yeah, it's cool to live abroad but be prepared for mm-hmm. this, right? And going back now, right. what's the juxtaposition between you? Because you mentioned this earlier about Buffalo, how you hated Buffalo because it was so racist. Uh, and now you're here abroad, yeah. thousands of miles away, also experiencing racism. Mm-hmm. So one in a, a domestic, in a domestic setting, now an international setting. So do you think about that, of like the similarities and differences between, wow, wow in the States or like yeah. in Buffalo is like this? And so tell us a little bit about that if you could. Right. So I feel like, I mean, so for sure, like, Hungary is the most hateful place I've ever lived. Like, Mm. I just think people are very hateful here. And they're hateful because there's not a lot of options. It has the worst economy in the EU. The president is a fascist. He hates black people. He hates gay people. Um, And he also hates his people because he really does nothing for them. But, you know, people really are so easily swayed by propaganda here. But at the same time, they don't realize they're shooting themselves and, you know, their own foot. Anyway, um, in Buffalo, I mean, I think it's a little bit less interesting just because I'm aware of U.S. politics Mm. in too much in detail. And for me, I feel like even though Hungary is the most hateful place, I liked Buffalo a little bit. There were good things. There's good things here as well. I feel like still I'd rather live in this misery. Hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, but I know I won't. It's still a more um, refined experience being here just because... Like, if I'm tired of here, I can hop on a flight or a train and go somewhere for 
you know, in two hours, mm. in three hours, in four hours. In Buffalo, I mostly took the Amtrak because I'm really afraid of flying. Mm. Nine hours to New York, you know, I can take a train seven hours and be in a different country, you know, spend the weekend there, have a great time and come back. Here, it's also really beautiful um, architectural character. One thing I do like about Europe is just how um, I love the, the the architecture here. Um, I don't know. I, I really love certain aspects of living in Europe, whereas like the U.S., what I realized from being in Buffalo is that the U.S. itself has poor infrastructure, um, I don't know. It it has like it's it of course it has symptoms of most um countries this it, oh my god. Now I'm going to like sound so crazy because I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it it has like it they they have common symptoms Buffalo and mm. and Budapest, Hungary. Um but I still think that Hungary is much more of an interesting I mean so Budapest is much more interesting city than mm. Buffalo for sure. Okay. For sure. So I don't know if that, that answers your question. No it, it, no, it does. It does. So, so like you're saying, like, within the current misery, like the word you use, misery, there's still things that mm -hmm. can bring you joy within that misery, right? And right. Like, and you said it's yeah. more interesting mm -hmm. and the fact that you can go to different countries, like you said, a two-hour, four-hour train ride away, and you're right. in a whole other country, mm -hmm. right? Whereas, obviously, New right. York State, you don't have that, right? <laughs> that, that kind mm -hmm. of, I guess, diversity in terms of, like, places you can go and now you speak a different language or whatever. So that's right. that's super interesting. And... So you're saying that obviously you want to be in Europe, right? So is there mm, anything? In not necessarily. Okay, not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> so you, where would you want to go next then? If that's talking about not leaving. So my thing now is, yeah, I do want to go back to New York. Um, I think it would be great to experience New York as a woman in my late twenties. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm definitely more. I'm a lot different than how I was growing up there. I left New York when I was 22. So I was like in my early 20s, I was scared of everything, scared of everybody. Now I'm 28. I'm not scared of anything. I'm, you know, so I think it would be a great city to just take on as my newly formed self. But I mean, my my partner and I, we want to live in Athens as well. So yeah, Europe kind of, but not like these Eastern European countries, not the Northern ones, not Western European, more of like the Southern country the the countries in the south now so we're like actually looking at buying an apartment in athens now oh, wow. um so it's like it would be nice to, to have these two places um this, this is so interesting like you said you're you want to leave hungary you have a hungarian husband right and then you, now you're trying to leave either you said athens greece or also maybe particularly right go, yeah. go back to new york so okay let's let's, yeah. let's let's talk about the the fact of you know home being new york you've been abroad now you, you know you said you've been abroad a bit does new york still feel like home to you or you feel detached from new york um when i went back to new york briefly um in 20 last year oh yeah there's certain aspects about new york that always makes me feel comfortable like the noise um yeah, no, I, I enjoy seeing people from everywhere, um, all over the street, just walking outside. I love the way people dress in New York. I think it's a lot more interesting. But when I went to go visit my brother in our old apartment, you know, there's obvious signs of gentrification. It seemed very strange to have now all these white people there. And it it's also doesn't surprise me that seeing, you know, all these white people also meant that seeing the apartment building looks a lot better. Um, they fixed the place up, all of these things. Um, so, yeah, that part was very strange to me um, because my neighborhood wasn't as diverse as before. A lot of people moved away due to getting priced out. So that part really depressed me a lot. But New York, yeah, I love I love New York for sure. I, it's I, I'm so grateful I was raised there. Um, I think that's another thing that Europe taught me. I'm so grateful I was raised. It's like New York City because people who are raised in these really small towns, I think their outlook is really small. I think mine was small even growing up in New York. So I mean, for some people who grow up in places even smaller than that, I've just noticed that their outlook is pretty small and. Yeah, like some people haven't met black person like their whole life. Mm. 
Right. You know, things like that. You just have such a small um, variety of people that you have access to. That's interesting. So you're saying how, again, like you're going to these places where, you know, obviously they're not used to seeing you. But in New York, obviously, everyone's such a diverse place where they're used to seeing people from all walks of life. So now if if you were to give, if you were to talk, you know, obviously, because a lot of my listeners are people of color, they're white people as well. For the for the for uh, mm. actually I have a black friend who's dating a Hungarian. I told him I was gonna interview somebody living in Hungary. He's a black dude. Mm. He's like, she, where she lived Budapest. He's like, I don't know anybody else that lives in Hungary that's that's black that doesn't live outside that lives outside of Budapest. Yeah. And of course, you live in Budapest. But yeah. so <laughs> so, what would you say to other black and brown folks about visiting or living in in, in Hungary? Like, what would you say given your own personal experience? Like, should they visit? Well, should they not go? Visit. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I think everyone visit. I think you should visit everywhere if you have the choice, really. Right. Um, visiting, I think Budapest is beautiful. Um, I think it's for sure, like, in the top five most beautiful cities in Europe. I, I've been to a lot of cities in Europe. And it's for sure, it's, it actually, like, shocked me. So, I... I think everyone should visit um, Budapest. Um, not everyone has such a hard time, you know. Um, maybe my experience is an anomaly. Um, but yeah, visit for sure. I mean, every, people are racist everywhere. This is just, <laughs> I think, you know, a fact right. of life. Racism is everywhere. I don't think it should stop you from seeing what somewhere has to offer. And actually, one of my black, I met this girl here. She's American. She's black. She wants to, to move here. And she told me I was the first person who really gave her the facts about it because a lot of people like to candy coat um, the experience. But she, and I told her she should still do it. Like, even though it's racist here, she has the, she has the capacity to make it here. You know, she... I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I encourage people to move here if they want to. It just depends on the person. Right, right, right. But I also think even your experience is is, is definitely invaluable because, like you said, within the misery, you still can see the beauty for what it has to offer you. So it's not mm-hmm. that just as like, yeah. you know, you're not describing it as like this horrible place. Like, you're being honest about your, your own experience, right? Like, this is my experience here in Hungary. Mm-hmm. And it might be others or it might not be, but this is my truth, Right. I think it's important for people of color, and this is why I do what I do with this podcast, to say what it's like. Because, again, I mean, even the the, the sub on Reddit, that expat sub is predominantly white people. And Reddit is a place where it's, I think, mostly white people that have Reddit, right? It's not really a thing for people of color Mm -hmm. on Reddit like that. So Mm -hmm. even the the views that they, they put on there about living abroad is from this white centric perspective of what it's like to live abroad. And not necessarily for people for, for marginalized people or minorities, right, from uh, eth- uh, ethnic groups. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's important to have these perspectives. So when people, like you said, people should still go anyway because you said your friend yeah. could, your friend could probably handle it, and obviously you've handled it. You're here, right? You're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. So <laughs> yeah, I I think that uh, like not everyone can ex- can handle um, being you know. Um, uh, the vic- not the victim, but being in front of like nastiness and stuff like that. Me, I think I have pretty strong um, backbone. Um, I'll curse people out very quick here, so <laughs> I can handle it easily. It's just not something I want to do every day, but I will if I have to. That's the New York. That's the <laughs> New Yorker it. in you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that honestly, honestly, I have to say so. I don't know if you I feel this way about myself being a New Yorker and people hate like my friends get tired of me talking about New York. But I do feel that New York prepared mm-hmm. me for like, you know, like you said, like mm-hmm. kind of like that mean mug, like don't fuck with me face I could just put on. Yeah. Even though I'm definitely not a fighter, I'm exactly. a lover. But it's like I know what it's like to be in those spaces where I might be walking right. in, in a neighborhood that might be a little sketch, but I'm not going to look scared mm-hmm. walking there. I got to, you know, help have mm-hmm. my head my head held up high because that's what you do (laughs) like that's just what's expected so when you go in these spaces where you might not feel welcome it's a little bit sketched out you got to remember your your upbringing in in, you know in brooklyn and new york city where Mm -hmm. it might not be like it is now not that new new york but that old new york (laughs) pre-judgification days but i think it's so it's Mm -hmm. so valuable to to be able to go like your like your life where you've been to many cities abroad and you're in an interracial relationship, so mm-hmm. you can understand your husband's perspective being Hungarian, but now he's able to understand yours. 
And honestly, that's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing, right? Understanding different perspectives and different walks of life. And now here you guys are starting a journey together. So that's pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, wow, time flies. We've been 45 minutes talking. It felt like 20, but <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> so we're getting to the final part of the podcast. This is a lightning round uh, part. So basically, I'm going to ask you a question. You give me the first one that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the number one reason people should move to Hungary? Um, it's pretty. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Number one reason people should not move to Hungary. Racist. Yeah, I was. I was. I said miserable. <laughs> Pretty big uh, there on the spectrum, <laughs> but that's good. That's good. All right. Yeah. Your favorite place to visit, uh, to like to go to um, in Hungary or in Budapest? Um, Balaton, I guess, like the lake. Okay. It's nice. Is that is that in Budapest? Oh, it's not Budapest. My favorite place to visit in Budapest, Normafa. It's like a forest. Oh, forest. Okay, cool. Yeah. Forest in the middle of the mm-hmm. city. Okay, that's dope. And that lake, though, what's that? That lake is where in Hungary? Peloton. It's like an hour, twenty minutes away from Hungary. Okay. I mean Budapest. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like where all everyone goes to vacation. Nice. What's your favorite phrase in Hungarian? If you have one. <laughs> I don't speak Hungarian. <laughs> is that what you just said? That I don't speak Hungarian. I know one. <laughs> yeah, I know one. It's pussy. Pussy. It means kiss. Really? Pussy. Yeah. You said, you said pussy. Pussy. Yeah, pussy. Yeah. Oh wow, that's interesting. Okay, it's good to know. Uh-huh. Um, what uh, <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing about your husband? Um, he's sweet. That's nice. So you met a sweet sensitive. That's good. That's good. So you met a sweet man <laughs> in a pretty city. That sounds that sounds good. That sounds good. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And final, final question. This is not lightning round. You have as much time as you want to answer this. What are you taking away? Because you're saying you're saying it's coming to an end, right? This this experience in Hungary and mm-hmm. Budapest is coming to an end. Yeah. What do you take away from this experience? Or what do you want to take away from this experience living in Budapest and Hungary? to where you're going in your new endeavors and new adventures? Um, I think whenever I'm, I'm abroad, I always come out a little bit stronger, very self-assured that I can handle things that I think are difficult. Um, I've moved, Every time I moved abroad, I was a little bit scared, but um, I still come out on top. I'm still like walking uh, on my two feet. You know, it's not easy to move somewhere where, you know, nobody, you know, in my case, I knew my husband, but that's it. Um, I still have friends here, still maintain my old friendships and stuff, and I'm still making new friends. Most of them are not from Hungary or Budapest. And I mostly don't even make friends here, but I don't know. I'm always just so shocked and surprised at myself for coming out on the other side, relatively unscathed. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Sue. I most definitely did. Um, as you guys know by now, if you've listened to any of my episodes, uh, I rep New York a lot. And whenever I can speak to somebody from New York, it's going to be a blast, <laughs> especially from Brooklyn. And I found that out as you guys did. Uh, I knew she was from New York. I didn't know she was from Brooklyn. So that was really dope to find out. <laughs> it's such a small world. Someone living in Hungary from Brooklyn, New York. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's We're repping. We're everywhere. Can't get rid of us. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the episode. In particular, this idea of finding the joy within the misery. I think she really hit that home because... You know, the one thing about this podcast and when people describe their experiences is their truth, right? She even said it. She said, this is my reality. It doesn't mean someone's going to have the same exact experience as me, but this is my truth. I think it's important that people are able to speak their truth. And this is her truth. And I appreciate her being so candid about her experience in Hungary. And again, she said, it's a beautiful city. People should go there and live there, right? But there's still other things that are obviously very negative, in particular, if you're a person of color, like she experienced, right? Uh, and battling racism and it's just really unfortunate and messed up stuff right 
But, and then at the end of it, she said it so perfectly that she's always surprised how, you know, she gets more stronger and more reassured uh, of what she's able to cope with and, you know, how it makes her a stronger person. Yeah, man. And, and I'm glad she, I'm glad this episode is, a, is it's not that much of a departure because previous guests have spoken about the negatives and the positives, obviously, about living abroad. But I like the fact that, um, that Sue didn't beat around the bush like a, a like us new yorkers don't tend to do <laughs> in terms of like what she encounters what she dislikes about living in hungary or encountering hungarians um and that's just her reality right and at the same time though she can see this the where she's at for what it has to offer as well positively so as always i think it's always best to be in those two minds of okay I might be experiencing things that bring me sadness or anger or or despair or misery, as she said. But there's still other things that bring me joy and happiness. And obviously, she married a Hungarian guy, right? <laughs> so, you know, you, you find joy from the misery. I think that's such a beautiful way to put it, honestly, because living abroad is not all going to be pretty. Yeah, you know, you see the Instagram posts about, you know, all this stuff. But there's a, there, there is misery, you know, because like anywhere else in the world, right? Some more than others, clearly, and depending on who you are and your identity that that can be amplified right such as being a person of color but i just love uh the candidness and the rawness and that's what this podcast is about i'm not here and i don't want any guests to be on here to paint oh this is the best thing in the world since sliced bread or whatever you know like an advertisement uh for uh wherever they're living just give me the real give me what's good give me what's bad give me all the in between so people get a, a real feel for what it's like um to live in these places and to visit and I think Sue did that wonderfully. And I honestly wish that these podcasts were two hours because of one hour, if what is it, 45 minutes, it's just a snapshot, right? There's so much more to Sue than 45 minutes. And it's so much more to anyone else that I have on <laughs> 45 minutes to try to en- encapsulate what it's like to live abroad. But anywho, um, yeah, so as you see, I came back with a guest. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I was not going to do another solo episode. So I'm glad I ended up doing what I did on Reddit and ended up finding Sue. She was so cool to come on. And that was our first conversation. Um, and what I like about, I think, what I bring to the table, and obviously Sue as well, is that, you know, you find the flow and you go with it. And I felt like when I was talking to her, like if I knew her for more than a day, <laughs> more than an hour, I felt like I'd known her already. And that's kind of the cool thing about uh, doing these interviews with people you share uh you know, uh, on a broad experience with that are people of color. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and any of your other favorite stream platforms. See you soon. I can't say next week because I do not have a guest plan, but hopefully very soon. <laughs> this is In Living Color, Abroad. Peace.